kids. Next week is Mother's Day. It has nothing to do with the mothers of invention. Frank Zappa's 1960s groundbreaking ensemble that he cast aside, in order to do wee-wee jokes, and discussions of his sexual peccadilloes for several decades. No, not that. Mother's Day is when you do something nice for your mom. You could buy her a Cadillac. You could buy her a goat. You could make promises to her about doing better, that you have no intention, or frankly, ability to keep. Or, you could turn her on to is this tomorrow? Yes, that's is this tomorrow, at is, this, tomorrow.com. Every week, Kelly and Woody are hard at work, pitching ideas to each other, screaming into the telephone, slamming down the receiver, then calling back sheepishly, until they come up with another four, six, or eight panels of unparalleled comedic genius, often featuring a man in a bear costume whose likeness may or may not be writing this promotional material. So call mom and give her the good news. Is this tomorrow.com? That's is this tomorrow.com. Because face it, you're not going to give up drinking and playing high-stakes online back a rat with your inheritance money from your dad's machine gun factory. So don't lie to your mom about it. Happy Mother's Day from that record got me high and is this tomorrow. It's, uh, you know, not user-friendly. Uh, life is not user-friendly anymore. Not these days, no. It's, it's, it's really not, but you know it is? Uh, neoprene jogging pants that I cut off at the knees. Yeah, man. Those are real fucking user-friendly right now. Yeah. I okay. got you. That's a good tip. tip that for sounds all right. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, right. Barry's recording already. I am. Yeah, we're 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 gonna we're gonna get that in because people need to know that it's important they information. Do. I well, I mean, so. you can get the mail. You can walk the dog. You can do yoga. Should you want to do that? <laughs> or you can just sit around the house and they're really comfy and breezy. It's nice. Tim, could you send us a video of you doing yoga in your neoprene? Oh. Uh, pants please he's, he's, let me just tell you that is not that, serious let's just no. say that it's it's good that this is not in uh, on camera yeah <laughs> that's all right well or in real life at the I'm, end of this i'm gonna need a blood transfusion yeah a 12-step program yeah a gym membership and yeah. therapy oh i know right. right that's it right there you hit it <laughs> right i, I got a glass of wine and uh, that's my last of the wine and after i run out of wine which will happen pretty shortly i'm going for the uh um the brandy so oh all right yeah it's one of those one of those days yeah we're all gonna be alcoholics yeah you know i I don't drink every night and i don't get drunk every night but i like to have some around so that i'm in the mood i might have a drink you know no yeah no i don't get drunk every night but i do i have been drinking every night full disclosure i'm not even gonna lie yeah Yeah, I don't even it's, wait till night okay. at this point. <laughs> yeah, I don't drink. I haven't gone to. Well, I have work to do during the day, so you know. Oh, it right. It behooves right. me to be sober when I'm doing this important government work. Uh, I do. So do I. But yeah. it's, it's five o'clock. I mean, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. When I'm done, of course. When I'm done. Yeah. Uh, um. All right. So let's uh, let's get let's just get into this. Let's yeah, do man. it. We're all we, all, uh, we're we all know each here. other. Yeah, Tim. This we're is all grown is this your third or fourth appearance? Third. This is third. 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 Yeah. So the first two were um, butthole surfers and that's right. buzzcocks. Oh, and buzzcocks. yeah, that's right. That's I'm getting right. out of the bees. And, and let me just tell you, when I told Elisa, Elisa, uh, she usually asked, who's your guest tonight? And I said, Tim. She said, 
Again. Again. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason, you know, just do the intro. I mean, we'll just, you know, go ahead and do the, your go. intro, Rob. Let's do the All song. right. Well, welcome, everyone, to another episode of That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock. And that is Rob Elba. And we are so happy to uh, be here with you guys again. We do this every week. Rain or shine, and yeah. uh, and we're doing it again. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I uh, want to do a shout out to our newest patron, Binky Conklin. I'm 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 guessing Binky is probably a nickname, but Binky. Uh, Binky um, I, I can't even remember what Binky's real name is, but everybody knows him as Binky. He's oh, we went to high oh, school. So, went, so you know him? Okay. So yeah, we went friends? to high school together, and Binky oh, nice. is an Orlando crew guy, and. Um, is a stand-up guy. So well, right. thank you, well, Binky. Of course he is, because he's a patron of the show now. So of course he is. <laughs> yeah, not only for that <laughs> um, reason. <laughs> no, well, yeah, but that's a but that's a big plus. Uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash trgmh and become a patron of the show. We would love it. And we have a guest tonight, Barry. And we were chatting away with him. So why don't you just introduce yourself, young man? Since you you're, you're not shy, you're not known to be a shy person. <laughs> I'm Tim Muffet. Hello, 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 hello. Writing things and music things sometimes. Oh yeah, yes. and, uh, exactly. You know that's, eh, that's. And you usually and you usually have a really good haircut. True. Yeah, well, because right they, now, although, well, there's although, a reason for that. You want to elaborate on why you have a really good haircut? Because <laughs> we're in quarantine, and my girlfriend is a hairdresser. That's exactly. Oh, of course, right. Mitzi, and, the lovely Mitzi, that has also been a guest on our show, and then is going to be a guest coming up soon. And she's probably uh, just keeps cutting your hair like every other day because she has nothing else to do. Basically, well, yeah. it started out. It started out as a Joe Strummer mohawk sort of thing, and as of today, it's sort of graduated into like a late seventies Elvis sort of thing because uh, it's got a horse DA in the back and everything's <laughs> poofy in the front. Oh, nice! I kind of dig it. It's real weird. I and love. I it. don't need to do anything for the outside world until June, so. Yeah. Awesome. I may just keep it and just see what it looks like. So um, <laughs> I guess that the, you said you had some neoprene jogging shorts that you'd cut off. That kind of goes with that whole Elvis late 70s thing. I can see him, you know, with that and uh, a sandwich in his hand. <laughs> I can't. So I, all I can say and think again, thank God there's no cameras. But um, well, much like no, your, camera, fly, your camera's on, I but I didn't tell you. happening here. <laughs> And I don't know if it's good or bad. I'm just fascinated by the transformation. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be uh, when in, a, in the cold light of day when we all see each other again, it's going to be quite the shock, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, all right, so, <laughs> Tim, uh, what is the record that you brought to us to talk about today? To, to uh, get Tom our minds up then? Yeah, Tom Waits' Rain Dogs. Uh, yeah, which man. normally would probably, um, you know, be an interesting pick. Uh, maybe a maybe a bit of a downer for some people who are not necessarily fans of Tom Waits and don't get that. But, yeah, we know, don't care about it's that. Twenty twenty, nothing <laughs> yeah, matters no, anymore. No, well, I was gonna I was gonna say it could be a bit of a downer because there's some very sad songs on this record. Yes. Oh yeah, there are. Um, but uh, just uh, full disclosure to both you guys because I know we we haven't discussed this. We usually never discuss records before, but. I, I am a, a Tom Waits fan, but I, I do not own a Tom Waits record, and <laughs> and I've never really... I mean, I've heard songs from this record, but I've never listened to yeah. a full yeah. uh, Tom Waits record, and I'm just sort of a fan just, you know, because I've heard songs, and I and I like him, and, and most of my friends love him, but that's... I'm just telling you, this is where I'm coming from. I'm not, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm not a, a Tom Waits guy, but... 
in doing this record this week, I have become much more of a Tom yeah. Waits well, guy. Well, this I is the... I, I tell people, like, if you don't like Rain Dogs, it, you don't like Tom Waits. And that's cool. But right, this right, is right. this is the record. Like, if I'm going to listen to some Tom Waits record, I might listen to something off Frank's Wild Years, Swordfish Trombones. I might listen to something... You know, I got to... Right. This and that. Basically, I'm going to go and listen to something off this record because this is for me. This is just an just an astounding collection of of songs and an astounding recording. It's incredible. It, well, it it's a it's a first for a lot of things for him. So, you know, it's it's not the first album that he did with Kathleen Brennan that would be Swordfish Trombones, right? But it's the first record that um, Keith Richards is on. It's the first record yeah. Mark Repo is yeah. on. Um, you know, and and it sort of takes the ideas of Swordfish Trombones, which yeah. got him kicked off his label, <laughs> and and solidifies them in a way that becomes going forward everything that Tom Waits yeah. sort of is, and then he tweaks even that a little yeah. bit. But like this is this is, I would say that a, a small change in this record are the most sort of solidified I- ideas of who yeah. Tom Waits is, right. Right, yeah, because this is this is his eighth studio album. So this is this came out in uh, September 1985, but this yeah. is his eighth record. And 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 yeah, like you said, he um, it's considered sort of part of a of, of a trilogy like Swordfish, Trombones before it, then Rain Dogs, and then Frank's Wild Years. But right. uh, yeah, but he switched over to Island Records, and and props to uh, Chris. Uh, Blackwell, remember we he comes up a lot because he, he did in the uh, he signed uh, with Sparks recently, like he did Sparks, and he and he just um, he would just be into you know the the artist and want to get unusual artists. So right. you know, pr- props for him for recognizing uh, Tom Waits' uh, talent. And so, so Tim, where uh, when do you remember the first time you heard Tom Waits? Was it this I, record? No, uh, this was not the first thing I heard. I work at <clears throat> Borders on the Water off of Sunrise Boulevard in Fort Lauderdale yep. in 1999 when uh, Mule Variations came out. Okay. And that also happened to be coincide with the whole Napster thing. And so I had heard of Tom Waits, but I never really gave him any thought. And then I heard Mule Variations, and there were parts of that that I was like, this is really great. And I uh, worked you, in the music department there and I, I was asking somebody about Tom Waits and they're like you should just go listen to this and this and this and like, <laughs> yeah. the whole dearth of yeah. his, you know discography was overwhelming so I went on Napster and just downloaded a bunch of stuff oh. and most of it was off of Small Change and so that was actually my second introduction to Tom Waits and I remember thinking well this kind of sounds like the same guy but it's way different from Mule Variations so I right. started filling in the gaps and then I went into the jazzy stuff. I had to get all through every all of these other iterations of Tom Waits to even begin to appreciate his jazzy stuff because I I, I don't find it boring. I just it's not the same. You're talking about, you're talking yeah. about the, yeah, the earlier you're talking about his earlier uh, the records he made basically in in the seventies and the early eighties. Is that what you're talking about? 
Like, yeah, Nighthawks. Yeah, the sure. Yeah, yeah. Or, right. And 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 I'm going to tell you, I'm going to probably surprise you guys. I I probably heard Tom Waits before either of you guys because I distinctly remember in the 70s, like the mid to late 70s, he I saw him on some kind of music show. I, I forget what it was, but one of these, you know, they used to have music on these different shows, and he was at the piano and he did that song, um, Eggs and Sausage. Yeah, uh, which I guess is on Night Out uh-huh. to the Diner, and uh, but I just remember there was a thing in there about a coffee and a roll and, uh, and all this, and and I remember distinctly seeing that and hmm, and saying I don't like this guy, I don't like that. Well, <laughs> and I did not like unless it. you're a grown up, like a grown up, like a grown up, grown up, and he made grown up music, and even before he was the age where you know you would right, get a, right, he was yeah. doing. Um, Stuff like where it was the, the gritty characters and the um, I think he was an alcoholic, I believe, and he was or he drank a lot during the seventies. The seventies, Tom Waits was known for his alcohol consumption and uh, right. played figured heavily into the subject matter of the uh, albums. But well, that's I think where Kathleen Brennan comes into play. Yeah, and he kind of met. He kind of met. She was someone he met and eventually married her. And she kind of sort of, sort of veered. She was really responsible for his uh, sort of, um, you know, what he ended up being and his career and everything. She was a right. big part of that. Yeah. Well, she gets a co-writing credit on everything from Swordfish Trombones forward. Wow. I um, think she, she was the uh, one that him to Captain Beefheart, right? Isn't she the to one Beefheart, to Harry Parch to? Um, a, like a lot of stuff. What was that? Yeah. You had a, you were you you had sent us a picture of the back of a CD the other day. And what was that? Was that the soundtrack to that um to that documentary or what was that? That had like Harry Parch and Howlin' Wolf and a bunch of stuff on it. Do you remember what that was? I have it here. It's a uh, it's just some weird um, record that came out on this tiny label called Chrome Dreams. It's called Tom Waits Jukebox, and it's just songs that uh, he's referenced. And then there's like a book of like pictures, okay, and, and like articles and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, it's like uh, Howlin' Wolf, uh, Charles Bukowski, Nat King Cole, Harry Parch. Right, that's all. That's his wheelhouse. And I'll tell you, here's the other thing. So later, I, I obviously he would come, his name would come up, and I'd see him. And the the thing in my mind that kind of I didn't I didn't maybe di- either didn't get or didn't uh, didn't like was I sort of felt like his whole thing was kind of a shtick was kind of a shtick of this like you know low life New York character and uh, and um, and there's even uh, there's even a, a quote that he said because. Uh, uh, like in the late seventies, he moved into the Tropicana Motel in uh, in West Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, right. So he moved, right. yeah, right. And, and he living in what uh, biographer Barney Huskins later called a pistache of poverty. So <laughs> so so Wade's told the L.A. Times that you almost have to create situations in order to write about them. So I live in a constant state of self-imposed poverty, uh. which which is cool, but also it's very you know it it, it it's almost. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, you know. Well, I mean, well, uh, did, did, you know, did, I mean, Charles Bukowski didn't have to work for the post office all those years either, but he did as as a sort of you know self punishment, I think, too. And that's where this. So these guys are not all guileless. Just you know, I just am a, ended up. Some of them construct these things so from some sort of inner need to um, 
to suffer a little bit or to experience stuff that you know inspires them to uh, right so yeah i mean yeah whatever if you if you want to see something really cool though there's an 85 86 he's on letterman and you just do you know go on and search uh tom waits letterman 1986 and his personality comes out really in a really interesting way on letterman because uh, letterman obviously digs him a lot really likes him but, he's only been on like 15 times yeah but the reason is because he's a kind of a comedic genius he knows like letterman would throw these things at him and he would come right back with these really funny witty and amazing responses that you would not you were not right, looking right. for and it's and it's and it's almost like a character like he's playing a character but i actually in reading about him more it made me appreciate it more because i realized he was actually a, a private a very private person he didn't like to talk about his family yeah. this guy barney Huskin, yeah. huskins who wrote this biographer he was like just didn't wasn't giving him anything because he just was right. very so i think this was sort of his way of just sort of making this character was sort of his way to bring his music into the world sure. and there's nothing wrong with that and he's also well, much older than i thought he was <laughs> how old yeah, is he yeah, yeah. he uh, is 70 uh yeah he yeah. was born in 1949 in okay uh, all right pomona california right well, in the back in the back of a cab right yeah. yeah as far as creating a persona i have an autobiography and i started reading it and once it got to the actual story i realized i don't i don't want to know this Oh, I, right, I, right. I want to hear what he has to say about it. Right. You know, right. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm like, oh, now I know he went to co- college for music theory. Like, do I want to know that? Yeah. No, I know. Right. right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I don't want to know that. Well, you know, <laughs> it's a proof is in the pudding and the guy, you either like the guy's stuff or you don't. Um, and he well, he's is, on my top three best best live acts I've ever seen. Oh wow, oh, really? So you have seen him? See, because that's it. He he's not crazy about playing live, so it's not. Well, I would say it like goes beyond that. I, I have a there. He ha, there's a South Florida connection, believe it or not, for Tom Waits, and that in the early um, 2000s, his bass player was a guy named Matt Sperry, Matthew Sperry, who's from Miami and uh, grew up down here. And went out to uh, moved out west uh, after we knew him at FSU, and my wife, you know, knew him growing up. And then he became Tom Waits' bass player, um, and he's on, you know, some of the some of the Letterman things, or one of the Letterman things for sure, the Blood Money early two thousands thing. And Such a great uh, record. yeah, and uh, unfortunately, Matt um, got killed um, riding his bike to work, and oh. so it was yeah, it was it was it was very sad. Matt's funeral, um, Tom Waits was one of the performers and i you know i know some of the people that were there and they said yeah he was tom waits has incredible um stage fright and that he was throwing up and nervous incredibly nervous before performing for matt's thing but he did manage to get it together and go out there and perform during matt's memorial service but that you know he's that character i think also allows him to perform because then he can be this other person that's not you know not afraid of being out there um but you know obviously at a memorial service for one of your band members it's a little different you know you're not you're not going out as tom waits the the character you're going as tom waits the uh, the person and which is a different deal oh right okay that makes sense wow yeah and then i'm sure when when you see him read like uh you know the the bukowski stuff yeah asking him to sort of wax on it He's not funny. He's very heartfelt. 
he's very sort of uh, yeah. You know, he's not. I think he knows when to be this yeah. the, the straight man and when to be you know the persona. Sure. Right. And it's not that it's not interesting, but you know, I think he has a reverence for those sorts of things. And I'm sure the funeral is the same sort of thing. Exactly. Um, but that does sort of make it difficult because he does have a comedic. I mean, when I saw him, he was funny. He was great. He was energy, and it was just great. It was just when, uh, when, and where did you see him? When was it? I saw him at the Fox Theater for the Pesca Jumba tour. Uh, I think that was in twenty two thousand nine or two thousand ten. Okay. Oh wow! Um, and it was great. I mean, it, it was, it was, I don't know, everything you could want and yeah, more. Yeah. I can imagine. No, I've, I've heard. for like I've, two hours. Yeah, yeah. From the people I know that have gotten to see him. Yeah, everyone. I mean, just the people that love him. They just love him so much. And it's, and it's, you know why? Because he's just, uh, he's an unbelievable songwriter. And he's just such a unique talent. Like he brings something so different. But let's just, this, this record's got a ton of songs. Let's get on it into does. this record. Uh, so let's just start talking about the record. Let's get uh, side one. Let's talk the first song. Let's listen to a little bit of Singapore. We sail tonight for Singapore where all this matters hammers here. I fall for a tawny more. Took off to the land of not story right right well that's uh, one thing i was going to say about this whole record it's almost like a little film festival of all these little mini movies exactly you know, these little short stories that yep. were made into these little films that's exactly that's what, what it is. Record is like i was going to say that the first three songs hit you like period like pieces from a uh, jean-pierre Junet film or yeah or, did, like delicatessen yeah sure and uh you know just, it's just Weird, I'm not going to pretend that I even know who that is, but that's fine. I have no idea. Who that or like, is, but, you oh, know, or like some. Great. He did Amelie. Or some, yeah, uh, but or also oh, some, okay, some, okay. some noir, know. you know, some noir film where there's, you know, they're walking through the seedy part of town or they're, you know, they're in a foreign city and there's all these weird, you know, everything's lit, you know, everything's lit in a low light and yeah. there's. Tim, um, uh, Tim, I'm just going to let you know right now. If you're going to throw out all these uh, pretentious French uh, things, that we're going to have a problem. Here, well, right? Amelie, <laughs> I, I'm familiar with Amelie, so it's not that pretentious. I've heard of that. <laughs> Amelie Listen, is an incredible I'll, I'll, film. I'll, so. I'll, I'll give you some, some, some footnotes. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but and, and so right away, he's, he's got, got he's got those footnotes hidden in his uh, neoprene <laughs> jogging shorts. He's going to pull them out. So, there's a lot of obviously interesting instrumentation in here, and he uses a lot of found instrumentation. Like I think yeah. the percussion on this one is a, a chest of drawers that, yeah. that they were hitting with a two by four. Yeah, um, yeah. 
Yeah, so that's his. Well, Harry Parch. Harry Parch was a, is one of his influences, which comes across. Harry Parch is a lot harder to listen to than Tom Waits, but there's Harry Parch used all these homemade instruments that he made that they're sort of gigantic, insane instruments. He had like things with like a 31 note octave, and it's very rhythmic and very bizarre and very much an acquired taste. Um, right, very much so. Uh, although okay. his later stuff is a little Chronos Quartetish. Sure, yeah, sure, of oh, course. Wow. So, so Tim, what the the lyrics on this one? What which ones jump out at you? It's just it's just he just like hammers you with this story and he paints this picture. But what what jumps out at you in this as far as the lyrics? Um. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Singapore is Singapore is just all across the board. It's it's like the most beautiful. Come on, word the captain. The ever. captain is a one-armed dwarf. He's throwing, He's throwing dice along the wharf. Um, in, in the, the land, land of the blind, blind the one-eyed man, one-eyed is, man king. is king. Oh, and uh, all making feet for children's shoes is one of the lines. Yeah, well, and, let marrow bone and cleaver choose while while making feet for children's, children's shoes. shoes. What is what is that though? I I figured out what that is. You know what that is? Do it. That's a euphemism for sex. Oh, making feet for children's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> You're making babies, uh, right? That's good. You're making babies. Um, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. You know, there are certain lines in every Tom Waits song, or or very specific lines in very specific songs, I guess, that stick with me. And so there's like a Earth Died Screaming, which is a clearly oh, different record. That but you song, asked. Oh my god, that song is um, just insane. I walk between the raindrops. Uh, what? Yeah. That's so oh, yeah. weird right. and evocative, yeah. like some weird ghost shimmying through yeah. the He's great he's he's just great at that. He's brilliant at that. And um yeah. All right, so now we get uh let's get into song number two. You got a completely different shift's mood already, completely different sound mood, uh, a lot of percussion. Let's listen to clap hands. favorite line is coming up in this song um steam steam under bad dreams going up to harlem with a pistol in his jeans a 50 dollar bill inside a paladin's hat and nobody's sure where mr knickerbocker's at and i know uh, <laughs> who's mr knickerbocker the, the, the heroin <laughs> dealer awesome. mr knickerbocker is awesome. the heroin dealer ah, if okay, you're going okay, up to okay. harlem with a pistol in your jeans and a 50 dollar bill you're going to buy drugs, and Mr. Knickerbocker is the man, and Mr. Knickerbocker yeah. is, you're wait, we're waiting for the man. So my, my favorite's the next verse. Okay. Shine, shine, a Roosevelt dime, uh-huh. all the way to Baltimore and running out of time. 
Salvation Army. Army seemed to wind up in a hole. They all went to heaven in a little rowboat. Clap hands. And clap hands, of course, is when you, you know, shake hands with somebody, but in that way where you just kind of, you know, you slap them together. That's also a way that you transfer drugs from the dealer to the the buyer's hands is a boom. You know, you clap ah, hands okay. and then you just transfer the product in that manner. How do you know all these drug references, Barry? That's William Burroughs. I read a lot of William Burroughs. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I have not. I am not. I'm not a seasoned. No judgment. No, I'm, no not, judgment a, I'm a, not a seasoned drug user at all. But. I know you're not. That's why I wonder. You know, but I, yeah. I you know. <laughs> all right. So now we get uh, uh, now we get sort of like a twisted nursery rhyme, and oh, this song yeah. is actually hysterical. This song is really funny. The lyrics. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of Cemetery Polka. It's, these are all the old folks that are the the the, the um, sort of sleazy, deteriorated characters, but they're the kind you would see in you know Hollywood movies like caricatured. Um, you know, Andy Mame, she's gone insane, lives in the door of an old hotel. Right, uh, but I think they're like relative. They're supposed to be like relatives. They're, they're like, like my relatives. relatives. They remind well, me of my dad's family. Well, so. <laughs> Let me just get that out of the way. <laughs> there's a great, there's a great uh, quote from Tom Waits about this song. He said, "Someone once said that the living are just dead out on holidays, and this is, as, <laughs> and this is as if all your dead relatives came back from the grave and and you owed them all money." <laughs> another another quote thing he said about being dead was, and I remember this is an interview from a long time ago, but he said, "You know." Um, if you were allowed to come back from the dead for like an afternoon, you wouldn't be so picky. You'd just be happy just to sit out by the pool. I mean, quarantine is proving that. that Indeed. True. True. Indeed. True. I'm, you yeah, this know, is a really yeah. fun, this is a really fun record to listen to in, in quarantine because it's very, there's so much, uh, so much going on. And visual. there's a lot of, yeah, the characters and the visual aspect of it. Yeah. yeah, you want uh, you, you fill out the story. You know, you're like, oh, uh, Let's uh, Uncle just say Bill. Good. That this song is is the epitome of why Tom Waits needed to meet Mark Rebo. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This, his Mark Rebo. Yeah. You can't overstate the guitar playing on. Totally. Her, even though there's other people playing guitar and stuff, but his stuff just adds so much. Adds another it's like perfect. weird quirky layer uh, to this yeah. record. Yeah. And the quirky layer, you know, the the thing that I get from this, and the right right in the beginning with that weird little breakdown after the verse, is yeah, uh, right. The the night to the Oingo Boingo doing Forbidden Zone, like that is something <laughs> they would have done. Yeah, sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. See, yeah. See, they, they that reference I got. That reference I got. 
<laughs> that that would they would do it so over the top, and yet he does it with a slide like. You know, wink and a nod, but yeah, but not over the top. Well, he's playing you're like right, a, he's dude. playing like a, um the carnival melody that plays like da 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 da. da, da. It's like what plays on like the um the Ferris wheel or on the merry-go-round. Yeah. One of those like a calliope melody. Sure, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he play he doesn't play it for like a like a like a laugh. No, <laughs> you know? no, 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 no. no. This right. is yeah, not yeah. making fun of these people. These are like these are people that. You know, they're these well, mid twentieth century characters. Now, uh, the guitarist uh, Mark Rebo, I guess he he he, uh, he ended up playing on a bunch. He was a very uh, he played on a lot of studio things. But this, he uh, he was very impressed by Waits, uh, this how he was in the studio, because uh, he said uh, as producer, apart from apart from a writer and a singer, he brings in these ideas and he's very open to sounds that accidentally occur. And uh, Mark Rebo said, I remember one verbal instruction being, play it like a midget's bar mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It and that's was, what it yeah. is. Yeah. So speaking of the great Mark Rebo, this next song, he's got some more great Mark Rebo guitar on this one. Uh, let's listen to uh, about a jockey full of bourbon. Two things about that. Yeah. The percussion yeah. slays. Yeah. And that's the only proper use of a China symbol ever. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Tim throwing shade on the China yeah, symbol. Well. I hate it. It's always well, in my ear. It, it is over and it is very overused. You're right, because these drummers buy it, they go, Oh, I got a China symbol, I gotta play it, you know. <laughs> well, there's some weird stuff happening like uh in way off in the side of the mix where it's like someone just chunk-a-chunking on a guitar with no notes playing, you know, but I'm not even sure that's what that is. Or right, like right. A, it's a It could be some other percussion yeah, thing or um, something. But the yeah. punchline of this song of course is is this this guy describing all these CD situations, but he talks he's talking to this woman Hey, little bird, fly away home. Your house is on fire. Your children are all alone. And um, that sort of brings it into focus after all these sort of spinning on all these crazy, you know, through the bars of a Cuban jail and all this stuff. He sort of takes you on this wild journey, and then he brings you right back into focus. Like, you know, It makes you- me think with that percussion very much like a Pacheco kind of thing, you know? Like a... Uh, 
like you, a like you, a zoot suit gangster sort oh, of thing. Yeah, oh, totally. Yes. Oh, very much so. Very much so. It's uh, um, two dollar. I got two two pairs of pants and a mohair vest. Just all these. <laughs> film noir film noir it's a film noir record you know it's a black and white it's a black and white movie record and uh another thing that i noticed he does a lot he likes to incorporate little nursery rhymes because do you guys recognize the hey little bird fly away home that's from a uh kids uh um ladybug ladybug fly away home your house is on fire and your children all gone Except oh. that that's like an old kids uh, children's thing. I guess maybe you 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 aren't old enough to know that, Tim. But <laughs> <laughs> but that's totally what that's from. Yeah, that, uh, your house on fire, your children are. That's from the ladybug, ladybug thing. That makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, because he's into you. You can tell he's into all that stuff. You know, whatever uh, uh, you know, whatever uh, stuff he heard or experienced. That's what he. Uh, that's what he does. He just sort of twists it all and throws it back out at you with a little bit of bourbon, which, by the way, I am drinking bourbon in honor of him. I'm drinking bourbon tonight. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I'm out of booze. I got to go get in the cabinet and get something else out. <laughs> Look, what, what are you doing, Tim? Uh, Bro- laser beers. Oh, good for uh, you. Good for you. Uh, Our I, friends, I, I, you know, we need, to, we need to shout out to them. Oh, the Chris at Laser Wolf. I, you know, I've been meaning, I know they've been doing curbside, so I've been meaning, I just haven't had a chance, but I'm going to definitely do some curbside pickup. But yeah, one, one day we will be back live at, this was, Tim, your episode was supposed to be a live at Laser Wolf, of course. Thank God it's not at this point. <laughs> All right, yeah. Oh, we, uh, well, theoretically, we probably could have went there, but no, I guess. I mean, they had, uh, I mean, yeah. You, you no. would have had masks uh-uh. on, it wouldn't have been good. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Barry would have yeah, gone. I, I would have gone, but Barry wouldn't have. Nope. Um, all right, so let's go. Uh, the fifth song here, uh, we get a, a uh, sort of a Charles Bukowski, but maybe a little happier sounding. Let's listen to <laughs> Tango Till They're Sore. Well, you play that Tarantella, all the hounds will start to roar. The boys all go to hell, and then the Cubans hit the floor. They drive along the pipeline, they tangle to their sore. They take apart their nightmares and they leave them by the door. Let me fall out of the window with confetti in my hair. Deal out jacks of better on a blanket by the stairs. I'll tell you all my secrets, but I lie about my past. And send me off to bed forevermore. I guess daisies I have to do Just get me to New Orleans And pay shadows on the pews Turn the spit on that pig And kick the drum and let me down Put my clarinet beneath your bed Till I get back in town Let me fall out of the window With confetti in my hair Deal out Jack's so better On a blanket by the stairs so this is my this is my favorite song on the entire record. Oh yeah, it's really good. Oh, yeah. this because <laughs> this really one good. this one is about a guy that's dying, and it's a New Orleans musician, and he's trying to relay his what he wants to happen after he's dead, and uh, what he wants his funeral okay. to be like. Um, right. 
Let me fall out of the window with confetti in my hair. I, I, I just love that. Deal out jackets. Jacks are better, better on a blanket by, by the, the stairs. stairs. Um, send me off to bed forevermore. Uh, make sure she's all in calico and the color of a doll. Uh, wave the flag on Cadillac Day. You know, just. Um, oh, keep my clarinet beneath your bed till I get back in town. Um, oh, yeah, I love it's that. It's just a, it's a beautiful, sad, sad song um, about somebody who knows they're on their way out and they're thinking about all this stuff that they love and want to, and they're going to miss. I, I, and, you know, I, I, I never picked up on that, but I did, when you said that, it made this one line make sense. Make sure they play my theme song. I, I guess, guess daisies, daisies will have, have to, to do because we can't afford roses. So yeah. we're going to have to put daisies on the coffin because nobody's got any money to put roses. Um, and so, yeah, he's wistfully thinking back on his life and saying, you know, this is what I want my funeral to be like. I want people to remember me like this. Um, make sure they play my theme song. <laughs> yeah. So beautiful, a beautiful, incredible song. Absolutely. It is. I was thinking the other day, it would suck to, to die like if someone died now, because no one would be able to come to your funeral. Nope. That sucks. Virtual funeral, maybe. Uh, yeah, but that's not, not the, the same. same. <laughs> a, a Zoom funeral. Um, no, all right, speaking, no, nobody, no fucking funerals, so let's just... Speaking of, uh, uh, speaking of uh, funeral, uh, the Big Black Mariah, I'm thinking, is that is that a euphemism for a... Uh, for hearse, right? I ble- or <laughs> yeah, is it okay? Uh, oh yeah, okay. That makes sense. Big black Ford. The big let's, black uh, Ford. Yeah. Let's listen to a little bit of Big Black Mariah. So this is this is Keith. This is the first one Keith playing right. guitar on this Keith one. Richards. Yep. Yep. And so when he was trying to describe how to play this to Keith Richards, uh, <laughs> he was he was playing it and sort of talking to him about it. And finally, Keith Richards was like, uh, so he stood up and he was like, play it like this. And he did a little dance. <laughs> right. And Keith Richards goes, why didn't you say that before? And do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He moved in some weird way. And That's he was like, great. oh, okay, great. I got it. Now I got it. That's great. Yeah. Well, a lot of this stuff, we keep calling it, you know, referring to it as visual. Oh, and, yeah. And, you know, cinematic. Yeah. And actually... That's something that Kathleen Brennan brought to his repertoire. Uh, she sort of, ex- you know, by exposing him to Captain Beefheart and, yeah. um, you know, all these different things. I mean, 
that did open him up to a lot of different stuff. Right. Because before that, you know, he met her in L.A. while he was hanging out with like Chucky e. Weiss and like seriously bohoing it out out there. Right. Right. And was a bad alcoholic and was sort of like just doing all of the crazy shit that, you know, he sings about. Yes. And so right. I think she reeled him in and gave him an artistic spin yeah. that he could relate to a little bit. And his ah. singing style changed once he heard Beefheart. He he saw something in the way that Don sings that was a way for him to express himself in a different way, in a new way too, that um, more unhinged um, version of Tom Waits is uh, uh, a Don Van Vliet um, side effect, I think. Well, there's so much of... Um Captain Beefheart, there's Lord Buckley, there's oh, Screaming right. Jay Hawkins sure, in this sure. record. Oh, of, oh, hell yes, of course. Yeah, like, yeah, all, yeah, of those yeah. guys, all, all of those guys who were not, they weren't, they weren't characters, they were characters, but they were not characters that were going to be different than they were in one situation than another. You know, Tom Waits was able well, to turn... they Esquiritas to the Little Richards. Uh, that's exactly, exactly right. That's exactly right. Whereas yeah. was Little Richard could, you know, knows who that character is, and he puts him on and takes him off. Don Van Vliet right. was Captain Beefheart, you know, and it oh. wasn't always easy for him or for the people around him. Right. So, Tim, would you could you say Kathleen Brennan was sort of like Tom Waits's Yoko Ono? <laughs> I, I would say Kathleen Brennan is more of like Tom Waits's muse. I yeah. Mean, well, yeah. You know. Well, that, oh, Yoko, there's a lot of yeah, Yoko Ono's a loaded. A is that, that's a loaded. That's a loaded gun, though. You can't <laughs> really why, drop that on the that's table. Why, that's why I said it. Um, <laughs> all right, so this is a good point. Let's take a little break. Let's regroup from my, that horrible. Why are we taking a break? I, I already got table. my liquor. Well, you guys, what's wrong with you guys? <laughs> take a quick break. We'll be back with more of Tim Moppet and the wonderful uh, Rain Dogs by Tom Waits. We'll be back in a minute. that if anything that I ever was working towards had worked out, I would be completely fucked. I wanted to be a working musician that didn't work out. That's fine. Yeah. So I went to school. Yeah. And when I got out of my graduate program, I was trying to get jobs in airline. Yeah. Trying to get jobs in the cruise line. I was oh. trying to get jobs where I could do um, uh, corporate crisis communications. And 
Well, that, that would have worked yeah. out. Well, the corporate corporations are in a crisis now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. Wow. All right, but there, but and you are still working, right? You're working from home, but you are still working. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Great. That's great. My company's been awesome, actually. Oh, um, that's good. That's really that's good. good. Where that's yeah. kind of freaky. I'm gonna knock wood because we're all. Susan's working. I'm working. Rob's yeah, working. Elisa, you're working. Yeah. Elisa's working. Yeah, I guess. Mitzi's, Mitzi's just cutting uh, Tim's hair, but. Uh. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's get back into this. We are back. This is That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. And we're talking to Tim Moffat, who I think oh. just just uh, got a quick haircut in between in the yeah, break, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> a nice buzz. Like 64, a 64th of an inch off of the top. Thanks. Cleaned up cleaned up the sides a little. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we're talking about Rain Dogs, and we're, on, we're talking more about the sad. This is the sad lives of people who... Who chase after fortunes, kind of like what we were talking about, a little right? Chasing yeah, after fortunes. Sure. Well, let's oh, yeah. Listen to a little bit One, of diamonds two, and gold. One, That musically, that's kind of Cemetery Polka Part Two. Yeah, same um, percussion. Yeah, he, he's got a chord change he really likes, which is like a minor chord, and he so it'd be like an E minor, and then he drops down to a C seven, which is again. Got that, thank God he met Mark Rebo. Yeah, for oh, sure. Oh man, I know the playing sure. in that one is just like oh my god. If he didn't meet Mark Rebo, he'd have to invent him because. <laughs> Right, he'd, he'd have to like dance. He'd have to dance more to Keith Richards and trying to get, make him figure it out. <laughs> yeah, because that's he's the perfect foil for for Waits's um, vision yeah. in this. I'm I pretty love- sure Mark Rebo plays with him still. Does he really? Wow, I think so. Because I think he's on. Uh, oh, what's the last record? Um, not real gone. It doesn't matter. It's all right. Uh, I can edit it out. It's fine. Let me uh, let me see. What is it? Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I have. I, I'm drinking too much bourbon. Hold on, hold on. I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll I'll win this game because I'll do Tom Waits discography. Right, do discography, and then and we'll, well, bad as well, me. Bad as me. That's it. I see it right here. Bad as me. Um, 2011. Uh, that's so nine, yeah, nine. That's the, nine, nine years ago, folks. So yeah, I know. Boy, time just keeps marching on. <laughs> it does. Um, I love the the lyrics in this. Uh, There's a hole in the ladder, a fence we can climb. Mad as a hatter, you're thin as a dime. Mm. Go out to the meadow. The hills are green. Sing me a rainbow. Steal me a dream. Mm, yeah, some men will do it for diamonds. Yeah, so there's and there's now, no there's no there's no 
happy characters in this in this album. There's maybe some ones that are getting by, but yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of broken dreams and a lot of um, just well, that's hard, inter- hard living. That's more interesting. You know, that's more interesting to sing about. Now, this it's not the fucking now, sound of music. You know what I'm saying? So, Tim. Tim, now you said <laughs> Kathleen Brennan is is credited with all these because I in, in, when I'm looking at this, this next song is the only one where I actually see her name credited. But I don't know, maybe because she co-wrote some of the lyrics or no, she's the she, muse. She's the she's the dry, she's like she she no, but, rescued but Tim him. Tim was saying no, but Tim was saying she's actually is, is uh, credited as, as a co-writer. That's my understanding that she's credited as the co-writer on all the records from Swordfish Trombones going forward. Oh, I'm looking okay. now too, but I, and I see that she gets writing credit on this. On this one, and it's funny because this one to me, I right away it jumped out as me as having a different feel on the record. It almost sounds like a Dylan, like a Bob Dylan song, and definitely more. It's a beautiful song, but definitely a more traditional type song. But it's, uh, this it's one, got a little look, bit of an Irish thing going on too. Yeah, but it just definitely st- sticks out a little. Let's listen to "Hang Down Your Head." <laughs> mentioned that there's a there's a clam in there which i noticed when i was listening to it on the phones and um he plays a major chord instead of the minor chord and it just for a second but it's one of those things where you know um you never notice unless you're happen to be plugged in and and uh listening to it very carefully but um the performance definitely overrides all of that Another sad, another sad, sad song. Hang down your head. Um, you don't do that when you're happy. No, that's true. Did we lose Rob? Is <laughs> no, it fucking gone? You guys right you go to sleep? Uh, <laughs> I was hanging my head down. Did Mr. Knickerbock- um, did Mr. Knickerbocker show up? You guys are on the nod? What the fuck's going on over there? Yeah, no, uh, yeah. So like I said, definitely a more... Uh, Sort of traditional so- sounding yes. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but pretty, what, really pretty. Uh, what's that accordion in the background, right? 
something like that. Yeah, some something that you got to mash to make notes um, <laughs> like that. I think it's the accordion and the big bass sound of the mm, drum that yeah. was making oh, right. me think that it was like a like an, yeah. it had like an Irish thing. Oh going right, on. It right, does. right, right, right. Uh, all right. So this next one, uh, oh, this this one just breaks my. This song. This breaks is my brutal. Heart. This song is this lyrically is brutal, brutal song. It is brutal song. This, it's got song? it's got the single most brutal lyric in it that I know of. And oddly enough that you say that, this is the song that I play for anybody who doesn't like or get Tom Waits. <laughs> and it's the one that converts the non-Tom Waits people. Okay. Uh, time. Oh, good. Yeah. All right, let's listen to let's listen to Time. The smart one is on Harlem and the moon is in the street and the shadow boys are breaking all the laws and you're east of East St. Louis And the wind is making speeches And the rain sounds like a round of applause And Napoleon is weeping In the carnival saloon His invisible fiance is in the mirror And the band is going home It's raining hammers, it's raining nails It's true there's nothing left for him down It's time, time, time It's time, time, time And it's time, time, time That you love And it's time, time, time And they all pretend they're orphans And their memories like a train You can see it getting smaller as it pulls away And the things you can't remember Tell the things you can't forget The history puts a saint in every dream Well, she said she'd stick around Until the bandages came off But these mama's boys just don't know when to quit And Matilda asked the sailors dreams or all those prayers so, so there it is the single most brutal lyric and the most true lyric that i know of in popular music she said she'd stick around until the bandages came off these mama's boys just don't know when to quit and i can hear basically i'm not going to say which one one of my relatives saying that because it's it has a brutality to it that is so real. Um, you know, you've got basically you've got somebody um, who's been maybe in the war, you know, been injured, burned, you know, and, yeah. the, gir- and the girl says, oh, you know, she said she'd stick around until the band yeah. just came. And then somebody, somebody t- just don't know when to quit, like yeah. as if, as if. My wife, I believe, uh, my wife has said that to me before, I think, but. Uh... <laughs> That's your problem, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So it's it's, now, it's a I, and it's time. It's time. Time that you want. And well, he, I have a question for you guys about that about the chorus. It's time because I was reading, <laughs> I was reading it, and someone sort of interpreted it different than I did. When you, what do you think he's saying? What he's saying? It's time that you love. It's do you think? Yeah. He's saying it's time that you love, like it's time that that you learn how to love, that you that you learn to love. 
No. He's saying literally everybody everybody wants more time. You love time. That's exactly right. You want to continue living no matter what. Someone said that, and I'm thinking, that's not it. (laughs) And that comes up later in uh, one of the other songs on on this record, which... uh, um, and it's um yeah he's saying just like the thing about the pool you know you you don't realize it but you know you're always you're always negotiating with some entity in yourself to keep you know to stay alive and yeah. oh just one more you know just uh just a few more minutes you know? And I just, and I also want to point out that Tori Amos actually does a great cover of this on her "Strange Little Girl" album of covers. Oh, wow. She does this, and it's that's really a good. brave choice because it covering a song like this. If you don't have it down, if you don't have oh, the tone right, you're going to look like an idiot. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You should play a little bit of it, but it is beautiful. I should, she I should point everyone in, in in the direction of if you want to hear what that sounds like when it doesn't go right. There's a, a version of Paul Young uh, doing Love Will Tear Us Apart from the night to early. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cover you shouldn't listen to. <laughs> well. Unless you want to get depressed. But even no, depressed no, no, no. It's, it, it's when you go, oh, he didn't get the context of the song right. You oh, know right. Yeah. Well, poor Paul Young. Poor Paul uh, Young. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we, we flip the record over, uh, side two, and we get the title song of the record. Um, the phrase rain dogs, uh, which, which I guess it refers to a habit dogs have when, the, if they leave home and if they get lost when it rains, because the rain has washed away the All markers. The scent. They can't get yeah, back. They, ha- they have no way to guide them home. So let's, let's just do a little bit of rain dogs. It's like the statement of purpose of the. It's like the. It's like the. Uh, what's the corporate thing you do when you come up with the uh, like your your mission, your uh, you know your, <laughs> mission statement. It, your mission, mission statement. statement. This is so, this is purpose, the mission statement. statement. That's exactly well, what also, this is. It's interesting that the last song on Swordfish Trombones is Rain Birds, uh-huh. and this whole album is Rain Dogs. Uh, yeah. Okay. And was I don't I'm not as familiar with Swordfish Trombones lyrically. Rainbirds is he talking? Is he talking? Rainbirds. You know what rainbirds are? Since I grew I grew up in an orange grove, I know what a rainbird is. Rainbirds are these gigantic um, sprinklers that you hook together and you drag with the tractor, and they 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 shoot hundreds and hundreds of feet, and they water orange groves. So, um, that's what a rainbird is. Well, it's an instrumental. 
<laughs> so there's no, <laughs> there, there there are some common elements, but there's a lot. Well, I think he was out in you know he had left L.A. So right. um, you know if you're out in California, there's a lot of oranges out there too. And people using rainbirds, dragging rainbirds with the tractor to water the oranges. Yeah. Well, speaking of instrumentals, the next one we don't have to. We'll play it underneath. Sure, we sure. Got the sure. Midtown, which is sort of a cinematic, sort of a cinematic instrumental with some wacky horns in it, some really cool yep. horns. And then we've got a, um, you got a spoken word thing that Ninth and Hennepin, yep, which is very uh, Bukowski-esque, right, Tim? Oh. Would you say that? Oh spoken. yeah, definitely. And it's sort of like a short story and a very some very colorful imagery in there. Uh, the the girl behind the counter has a tattooed tear, one for every year. <laughs> he's away. He's, a, he's away. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, "Such a crumbling beauty." But there's yeah. well, nothing wrong with her. That a hundred dollars won't well, fix. <laughs> <laughs> Which is that's kind of brutal. Um, yeah, he knows yeah, but- how he knows how to turn from the tender to the brutal on a dime in a way that is um yeah because it's all kind of intertwined you know i mean uh, it, it is it's all uh, he hits the, he knows he knows americans he knows american culture really well um and there's that you know that that hard man you hit that hard edge of um you know um uh, unsentimental um yeah uh uh decision like you know okay nothing a hundred dollars won't fix Ooh, right you know oh yeah let's not let's I take like the, the romantic line. let's just do <laughs> the romantic gets just you know shoved out the side door in one second like slam the door nothing a hundred dollars won't fix <laughs> i like the line and you take on the dreams of the ones who slept here and i'm lost in the window and i hide in the stairway and I hang in the curtain and I sleep in your hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is yeah, really good. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like you've I feel like you've said almost the exact same thing one night at the poor like late night at the poorhouse one night. <laughs> maybe very, maybe I'm, I'm very just, sure it would be nowhere I, near as eloquent. <laughs> I might just be imagining that though. All right, so now we get a story about a guy who's got some trouble with the law. Indeed. And uh and the, the event it traces the events go back to this girl he met. Indeed. Uh, that he calls Gun Street Girl. Hit it. Falling James in the tar hole mud Stick around and tell us all the tale Well, he fell in love with a gun street girl And I was dancing in the Birmingham jail Dancing in the Birmingham jail I Took a hundred dollars off a slaughterhouse jail Michigan 20 gauge You got all liquor up on that roadhouse corn Blue a hole in the hood of a yellow COVID A hole in the hood of a yellow COVID He bought a second hand over from a Cuban Chinese And dyed his hair in the bathroom of a Texaco Okay, so I know. Um, I don't think I've ever met a Cuban Chinese. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'd like to. That sounds not, cool, but not even down here in South Florida. That's a I don't know. I'm gonna a lot of Cuban. There's a lot of question. Jamaican Chinese down here, but I'm gonna um, say that the dyed his hair 
in the bathroom of a Texaco. Um, that's from Norman Mailer. That's from um, Executioner's Song. That's Gary Gilmore um, and the Shotgun. This song, I think, is about Gary Gilmore. Ah. And Gary Gilmore, because um, there's a specific scene where he goes in the bathroom of a gas station and dyes his hair with... Um, um, shoe polish because he's murdered somebody and he's on the run so and there's also a purchase you know anytime somebody purchases a shotgun and a song it's not because they're going hunting <laughs> <laughs> nothing good nothing good nothing good no no uh-uh. no <laughs> that's um, true yeah that's true uh, alright so now we get to maybe the the rockingest uh, like bluesiest song on the record I think this next one and we got some more Keith Richards guitar on this next one let's listen to uh, Union Square So now we have a theme going because we have a Puerto Rican Chinese. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Puerto Rican Chinese. Okay. Cuban Chinese. Chinese guy the Chinese got into those went to the Caribbean and you know they opened their opened their rest their restaurants and uh, their laundries and the things that they did and uh, they were part of that society and became totally enmeshed in it uh, and inextricably. I was just going to say, I thought maybe this was Tom Waits' uh, tour of uh, fusion restaurants in New York. <laughs> this is before all that. No, man. Go. This there is before go. all that. Um, the birth, maybe the birth of uh, New York fusion restaurants, maybe. We would not have uh, uh, Korean barbecue if it wasn't for Tom Waits. Right. Yeah. Sure. I'll go on record as saying that. Why not? There's a documentary. Um, you know what? I- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to waste some time here. There's a documentary. Um, that you can watch and you got to look it up about how Chinese, how those Chinese restaurants all end up on those weird places on the turnpike and out in the middle of nowhere is there's a whole, um, there's a network of Chinese. There's an actual organization that puts those people out there to open a Chinese restaurant. It's like a society. So when you come from China, there'll be like, you're going to, you know, exit 728 off of in, in Des Moines and you're going to open your Chinese restaurant there. Oh, wow. okay. It's not. It's not. It's not random. Future. That sounds like a future Tom Waits song. Um, <laughs> all right. So now we go into country. I think this may be the most country sounding thing on the record. Maybe uh, let's listen to "Blind Love."
Stone Blind Love. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. And it's a little stonesy. I mean, everything that... The songs that Keith are on are stonesy songs. Obviously, he has an affection for the Rolling Stones. And who yes, does, you know... But Barry, uh, did you notice who else is playing guitar on this song? Robert, Robert Quine is on this yeah, one, Yeah, right? Robert Quine. The late Bob Quine, now, yeah. Now, Tim, let me ask you something. I'm curious. Do you feel like... Because you're a young man. You're old. Do you feel like you... you like as you get older, you sort of appreciate it more, because I I definitely feel like that things appreciate like what? this, that, like Tom Waits, like this record, a record like this, like maybe you liked it and it grabbed you at first, but I feel like um, I don't know, I feel like some stuff you just sort of need to get older to, to sort of get, and uh, this is definitely a record that I feel that he's I feel pulling rank like. on you, he's pulling rank on you, Tim. Just say <laughs> no, I don't know what you're talking about. No, you could. I, I, you I'll can say, say if yes. it's not true. I'll say yes, <laughs> but I'll also say that there was a period of time uh, after AC Cobra happened where I... Uh, uh, by the way, for those who don't know Tim's band, AC, AC Cobra, yep. South Florida, awesome band. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> where I moved away from, you know, listening to a lot of like Refused and Black Flag and stuff and sort of really delved into a lot of Americana stuff. Yeah. So I, li- I really got into like... Um, Tom Waits and I, I got into you know just all kinds of different sort of bluesy stuff you know I Sonny Boy Williamson Lead Belly there uh, you go I delved into all the you know I just got into all that stuff yeah. for some right. reason it just was a breath of fresh air given all of the uh, the crazy crazy hardcore nonsense you were listening to <laughs> Right, but that's how I got into Tom Waits initially. Because I right, was, right, I, like, right. as a teenager, I was into, like, profane existence and, like, you know, really, like, big-haired punk bands. And that was the first thing I heard that I was like, hey, this is really interesting. Yeah. And it's none of that. No. <laughs> right, it's, right, right, right. Completely, so completely it, it, different. And I think it's interesting when you read about Tom Waits, like, he never really admitted that Keith Richards was... He never, I mean, he wouldn't not admit it, but he didn't like advertise that Keith Richards was on this. No. And he would always say that he wasn't interested in rock and roll. It missed him. But then years later, not that long later, he covered the Ramones. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's great, too. It's so good. He's on that Ramones tribute. It's so awesome. And yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. And I love that weird dichotomy of, you know, I'm going to tell you a story. And if the story is better than reality, print. Right, Brent, the story. Yes, you know? Exactly. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He, he definitely leans into all that. Because what we call reality is just a story too. It just might not be as good. Well, right. I mean, when you when you read about Tom Waits and they go, you know, so where are you from? And he 
It's the, the whole, like, I was born in the backs of a taxi cab, and I slapped, you know, the driver and told him to take me to Times Square. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What's wrong so with that? It's more interesting than my dad was a doctor and my mom was Yeah, his a, parents were teachers. <laughs> no, he teacher, said, yeah, yeah, yeah his, his parents yeah, were yeah, teachers, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. It is. Um, so do I, do I want to hear that? No, I no, don't care. No, I, you I don't. Mythologizing, don't mythologizing your life is there's some value in that for sure. Especially well, if you don't, you know. Especially if there's not like any any money making aspect to the mythologizing specifically. You know that you're not lying. Right. Yeah. Plus, there's a there's a there's a certain um, I don't know. There's a certain like thing about the level of mythologizing and how you do it and how you make it um yeah sure believable that actually lends itself to the entire thing you know the entire like end piece right oh sure you can do it well like oh, yeah. wait or you can sit at a piano yeah or have a conversation with letterman and he throws something at you and you throw it but you, you just, just give him something back that he was he's just in love with that he's like you right. know a beautiful exactly. piece of comedy yeah well, at that point, does does the reality matter? Because you are embodying that character. Yeah, sure. No. <laughs> I don't know. Essentially, <laughs> it's essentially you know, it's essentially meaningless in the long run. So, why not make it great in the short run? Absolutely, absolutely. And so, uh, the next song, Rob, I think it was one that we were going to um, we were going to jump over because there's a lot of songs on this record. But uh, just, yeah, we're almost done. Walking Spanish. I mean, but the expression "Walking Spanish," which I had never known, refers to what? Uh, Tim, do do you know what the "Walking Spanish" refers to? I, I don't think so. It refers to the to the uh, perp walk uh, of a c- condemned yeah. prisoner. Somebody walk. Uh, somebody oh, doing something. Spanish. They don't. Somebody having to do something they don't want to do because they're being forced. And the dude in this song is still holding his head up high, making his final thing because that was supposedly a thing. Yeah. When you were condemned walking, you had to still hold the, your head go up. Going to the head to get going to the chick ass chamber. Yeah, exactly, for sure. Or the exactly. or the electric chair. He's walking yeah, Spanish walking down the hall. Spanish down the hall. Yeah. Even Jesus wanted just a little more time when he was walking Spanish down the hall. So time well, just, comes up in that there as well. Yeah. That just that just uh, solidifies that 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 thought on that song. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does. Um, and now we get this is see this intrigues me about this record and about Tom Waits. This next song, Downtown Train. This song you, became because me. you have to totally forget about who covered it and the well, way he sings it, it. It was a well. Listen, it became a Grammy-winning number three hit for Rod Stewart, but it was also covered by other people. Mary Chapin Carpenter, Bob Seger covered it. But the thing is, <laughs> this is the most. Like I said, I, I revert I to my previous statement. You have to forget about everybody else's well, no, version of this. No, but the, the point. <laughs> go ahead, Tim. Go ahead. Go ahead. Here's the thing. I if it didn't have, if it didn't have, if, if Rod Stewart hadn't covered it, this would be the most boring fucking song on the song. It on the is, whole and what also oh, true, is, true, it true. is the most boring, but it's also the most commercial sounding thing on the record. So of course, it's all the way at the end of the record. Right, it's you almost know? At, it's right. It's it at the has, end of side two, yeah, for sure. And it even has real drums on it and like normal guitar on it and everything. So it's well, so two it's things. Funny. Yeah. And this is uh, the first will be controversial. I think Rod Stewart did a better job. Oh, that is very well. Let's listen to let's listen to Tom little Tom Waits version of Down Down Train. Let's let's do a little bit of that. Okay. <laughs> well, nothing that will ever capture your heart. They're just thorns without the rose. Be careful of them in the dark. Oh, if I was one, 
So okay. it's it's unabashedly yeah, ahead, rom- it's romantic. Go ahead, Tim. Okay, yeah, that was my second point that Barry was bringing up. Um, I feel like this is done better, but when in Johnsburg, Illinois, off of Swordfish Trombones, um, right? It's you know he's being romantic. Yeah, but that's a better song. Yeah, also, I think I feel like he should have just written this song for Rod Stewart to do, and he didn't need to do it and put it on this record. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, I think Rod Stewart just has so much more fun with it. And, yes, and yeah. To be he, completely he, he, honest, that's that's I, true. I love the Stones, but the only band that's better than the Stones doing exactly what the Stones do are the Faces, because of Ronnie Wood and Rod Stewart. Uh, <laughs> listen, to, listen to that. That's a controversial Talk about take. Controversial. Yeah, no, right. that's good. I like it. I like it. No, that stuff's that stuff's awesome. Rod Stewart in the faces. Come on. Yeah, sure. Oh, man, I love Rod Stewart. I I saw Rod Stewart probably three times. Actually. Really? Yeah. I, when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, so I went to see Nirvana when they played Bayfront Park. Yep. But I was still pretty young, and so my dad had to bring me. And so his caveat was, "I'll take you to see this band, but you've got to come with me to see Rod Stewart." And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> great. I love Rod Stewart. Let's do it." Um, I, I don't have any. I don't. Up. I don't have any actually compelling argument against Rod Stewart, but um, no. yeah. And I, rem- I remember when this. I remember, and I thought when this song was a hit for Rod Stewart, I thought, "Damn, Tom Waits is making bank on that too." Well, and, you know, yeah, no, he t- totally. And Rod Stewart also on Storytellers or or one of those MTV shows or whatever VH1 shows from the late '90s did um, Tom Trubert's Blues too. Right, yeah. Rod, Rod Stewart is not a is not a lightweight. So, um, Tim, Tim, I just have a question though. Are you sure your dad didn't take you to see Hot Rod, the Rod Stewart impersonator <laughs> yes, that plays at, the, at that um, restaurant? I've actually no, seen him because you know I've, why, seen, I've seen Hot Rod too. Yeah. At the at the field debate. on Griffin Road in South at the in field. The, that's it. Hot in Rod. Dania, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. All right, so uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, I'll, I'll I'll buy that. And then uh, and then we got an, another instrumental, the Bride of Rain Dog, which You're is right. just like a little jazzy interlude. Sure, I think sure. it's almost like the the Sherbert after the down after the overly sweet downtown train. It's like the <laughs> yeah, Sherbert. yeah, right, right. There's something to palate cleanser, right? A little palate cleanser. And I will tell you guys this. This the last song of the record. This is my favorite song on this record. Oh, Anywhere I lay my head. Okay. I just this song just gets to me the way the way he delivers it and the way. Let's, let's just listen to a little bit of uh, Anywhere I Lay My Head. Here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> Yeah. 
see the world upside down. Uh, it is just, surely beautiful. It's beautiful, and I love. He's you got this. Uh, he's just like he's just like giving it all at the end of it, singing, and then it, and then right at the end, it switches gear, and you get that brass band comes in, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they bring it home, and yeah, it's like sure. those New Orleans, like the the funerals of the New Orleans Indeed. brass band. Funeral. Sure, that's what it reminds me of. Sure. At the end. and I have I to say, makes sense. Yeah, go ahead, and I know what this reminds me of, and I'll play it up underneath. Is um, there's a. Thelonious Monk album, the first album he made with uh, John Coltrane as part of his band. And the opening track on the record is a horn section rendition of a um, gospel hymn called Abide With Me. And it feels exactly like anywhere I lay my head and you go, oh, he's doing he's doing um it's the album is called Monk's Music, and he's doing the opening track on this Monk's Music album, "Abide with Me." He's putting oh, okay. lyrics to that, and it's it, it's the same it's the same feeling. You'll be like, oh, you know, that's oh, it's nice. right there. He's dipping back, you know, at the, in 1985, 30 years. So um, it's beautiful. It's that gorgeous, and it also gives you um, there's a sweetness in the way it ends the album because there's so much harshness and there's so many broken lives right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. in this record that's whoever sequenced, I'm not necessarily even sure he sequenced the record. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. His whoever, wife probably did. His wife probably did. <laughs> she was like, this would be a good, this would be a good closer because there's no percussion, there's no percussion in, in it. You know, it's not as it's, it's sweet and it just sort of gives you a way out. Exactly. Oh, I, I love it. I just listened to it. I mean, like I said, guys, uh, this re- Tim, I'm really glad you brought this because as much as I, you know, obviously there's no way I could not, you know, the people I know, uh, I've heard a lot of Tom Waits and it's come up and I've heard different songs, but this is the first time I've listened and, to a and whole frankly, Rob, Tom Waits record. I mean, and Tim, we know characters off of this record who you know live around here, so oh this yeah, is not, yeah, this is not not unfamiliar territory. Yeah. It's the poorhouse. <laughs> it's like a night at the poorhouse or church. Yeah. yeah, but late, like after, you really know, late. After, oh yeah, 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 after hours. Yeah, three a.m. when uh, <laughs> Joyce is there, and yeah, we, we know who's there. Yeah, the coke, um, uh, the cokes run out, and everybody needs to run out of money. Ooh, Somebody needs ooh, a ride home, oh, yeah, and it's right. raining, and yes. you know, all of that shit. We've all been all, that, all that stuff cat. that's all that yeah. stuff that's actually on pause on hold for a while. So. Um, but uh, all right, so Tim, thank you so much for bringing this uh, amazing record. To it the was, record yeah, guy. yeah. This is a hey, this work you. is a work of art. This record, it really is. If you look at the, you know, if you look at the re- the wiki entry for this record, there's like they talk about critical reception and they talk about sort of mixed reviews and people saying blah blah blah. Then you look over in the right hand column where they show the star ratings from every publication, and it's. It's five stars. Oh, I down. can't believe it ever got mixed reviews. Yeah, I can't but even believe when, that. When now. St- it's like Kubrick. When stuff comes out, people aren't yeah, really yeah. ready to. It takes them a while. It takes, takes them a while. Right. So there's a bunch of people that actually had to re-review it years <laughs> later, <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, we were wrong." Mia culpa. Yes, Mia culpa. I'm sorry. Uh, one uh, thing, uh, real quick, I wanted to mention about the cover of it because I always thought whenever I'd see it that that was Tom Waits because the guy on the cover looks, looks just like, like Tom him. Waits, and it's not Tom Waits. It's Some guy from Germany, yeah, man. Anders, from yeah, Anders Peterson uh, at Cafe Limits. Uh, and it's just a, a couple, Rose and Lily, they're called on the cover. But yeah, I always thought that was Tom Waits. I don't think that was an accident. Um, 
what is the name of the fraternal brotherhood that Tom Waits and like uh, uh, all those actors are in? Uh, oh. Moose? There's a fraternal brother? Elks? <laughs> what is are it? they Masons? Uh, what's the guy? Scientologists? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're all Scientologists. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Actors Guild? <laughs> um, let's see. Are they members it's of... him and Ron Perlman, and they're, they're, they all look like... Uh, oh A.A.? <laughs> Na, um, we could name a lot of. There's a lot of organizations out there. Maybe they're um, members of you know the. Uh, um, maybe are they like? Is it like a multi-level marketing Nambla? theme? No, 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 no. Maybe it's. Um, well, is come it, on, Tim. You got to give it to us now before uh, we end. Trying, it. You got to give it to us. Juice yeah, plus. Look is it, it up, juice while plus? you're looking it up, we are looking it up, Barry. I, I Nutra Systems. <laughs> it's probably Weight Watchers. <laughs> Barry, I got. Uh, I did get confirmation for next week, so I guess I can mm-hmm. just announce that. Do it. That, uh, Let's do it. We're doing. Uh, we're doing Jesus and Mary Jane uh, first record. Um, Psycho Candy. Psycho Candy by Jesus and Mary Jane will be next week with Mr. Ed Artigas. He's. Uh, we're all. We've all gone crazy, but he. Ed went crazy. He's a trendsetter. He went crazy before any of us. So <laughs> yeah. He'll be a great guest. Tim, did you think of the name week. of the organization? <laughs> Screen Actors Guild. <laughs> I think it's the, the the sons of James Coburn, not James Coburn. What? what? <laughs> I feel like now you're just making shit up. See, no, the thing on, is, hold on, hold on. Quarantine. You, you you dreamed this, and it's not real, but you think it's real. And so you woke up and you forgot to realize that it wasn't real. <laughs> oh my god! The um. Uh. Like that dream where I was flying through the We're Everglades. The flying show through the Everglades. The, the show is not going to end until until Tim, Tim Moffat gives us the name of the stupid <laughs> group that he's trying to think of. That probably doesn't even exist. Probably not even the real thing. Sons of Lee Marvin. Oh, Lee Marvin. Of, oh, oh, the Sons of Lee. Oh, of course. Lee Marvin's <laughs> incredible. Lee, Lee so, Marvin's, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Sons of Lee Marvin is a tongue-in-cheek secret society devoted to iconic American actor Lee Marvin. You have to look like you would be somewhat related to uh, Lee Marvin to be in it. Yeah. The founding member is Jim Jarmusch. Oh, yeah. Uh, there you Tom go. Tom Waits, John yeah. Laurie, Nick Cave, uh, John Borman. <laughs> I should mention uh, if you... if you, I thought you were going to say the Ron He-Man... Ron Perlman, sure. Woman hater. Yeah, the He-Man woman hater. <laughs> yeah, well, All right, well, if, you don't, you, uh... if you don't follow John Lurie on Twitter, everyone who has a Twitter account... I would recommend that you follow John Lurie on Twitter. Because oh, really? Okay, I'm going to do that right now. I don't, but I'm going to do it right now. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much, Tim, for coming on the show. Thanks, Tim. Uh, that was great. great. having you as a guest. Thanks for having me. Once again, this is that, that is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. This is that. I'm, I'm pumped now. This is that record got me high. We will see you guys next week. Next Rob. week. <laughs> Bye. Next week, Bye. next year in Jerusalem. <laughs> yes. God willing. Next week, next year, Las Vegas. Las Vegas. All right. All right, guys. I'll see you. Thanks, man. Bye. I'll talk to you. Bye.
Cincinnati, Ohio, October 2nd, 1935. Hello, pal. Gee, I was glad to hear from you. Believe it or not, pal, I just received your letter today. It must have followed me all over the world. But it got to my wife, and she broke it open and read it and sent it to me this morning. Well, I came back east and run into a shotgun wedding, and I was the goat. So back on the bum again. Well, pal, I had a swell time in Cincy till my wife's father found out I was back, and then the little lamb was led up to the altar. Now I'm just out of jail and feeling fine And I think I have a job starting the 12th of October And I truly hope my dear little wife is dead by then Give Kentucky my best regards And tell him I'm not doing so well but looking to score before long In fact, I've got to or get in jail again For it is cold out here And I'm not good looking enough to get by that way Do you get the drift? So I'll say good night and good luck Hoping to hear from you at once and tell me all the news.